Hey, this is Roberto. You're back with another Steambox podcast. Today, I'm with my steampunks from Highlander Charter School. Highlander Charter School, the Hawks. Please say what's up to the world. Oh, Did somebody make a hawk sound? Was that you making a hawk sound? All right. Uh, all right. I feel nice and alert in the morning, like uh, like the rooster just crowed. Here's what we have. We have Mr. Willard, the director of the building, school principal, school director? High school principal. High school principal is our guest today. Uh, if you listen on Monday, he made an announcement. Can you remind us what that announcement was, Mr. Willard? So uh, the announcement has been made that I have resigned from my position as high school principal at the end of this school year. So you are stepping down. That's a big deal. The leader of this high school, everybody in this room is invested in this high school in, in one way or another. And the leader of this high school is stepping down. Uh, thank you for being here so early and so close to your announcement. Uh, this is probably a hot topic. A lot of this is very sensitive. And some of the people in this room, including you yourself, Mr. Willard, might not have had enough opportunity to really digest this, sit with this, and think about what it means. So I really appreciate you being here. I really appreciate you being open. Uh, and to any of the listeners at home, this is probably for those reasons, since we haven't had that much of a chance to think about it yet, some of this conversation might be raw. So I just wanna warn everybody that some of the conversation might be raw. Mr. Willard might go back and think about things in other ways. So I don't wanna offend anybody. I don't wanna upset anybody, but we do want to get your real reaction. We do wanna get your real question. So I'm gonna start with Yanhel. Yanhel, uh, my homie, what's your first question from Mr. Willard? Well, I got two questions. Um, the first one is on the, uh, the last year of school, and I refer to you as Mike. Uh, I think you just did, but um, I'm pretty open. I'm pretty casual with a lot of that stuff. Um, uh, sure. All right. Uh, so my second question is, what influenced your decision to design? Okay. So I think I've gone into this um, a little bit when we did the show. We did the recording on Monday, um, and I quoted you guys in my letter, which was emailed and sent on Dojo. Um, and I have copies if anyone didn't get it and wants to see it. But you guys have a saying, a lot of kids have a saying, it's like, be yourself, right? Someone's acting out of pocket, you tell them to be their self. Um, being a principal is, is something that I like, but it's not 100% who I am. There are parts of being a principal that I love. There are parts that uh, I really enjoy and that I've really embraced that I think I've been really effective uh, as, a, as a school leader with. But there are other parts of the job that aren't me. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of gotten to, it's gotten me thinking like that I owe it to myself and that I owe it to my family to be myself fully, to find a position that is me, that is uh, 100% me. Um, this has nothing, I wanna reiterate and reiterate and reiterate that this has nothing to do with Highlander students nothing to do with Highlander families, nothing to do with the Highlander community. I have been in this community for 15 years. I've worked at Highlander for 15 years. I moved from Chicago to Rhode Island home, but, um, but also because of Highlander, because I found this place, I poured myself into it and it has filled me up, which is kind of a weird thing. Like I said that to you guys. And uh, when, I, when I was talking about that, I think I wrote it in my letter as well, but like, I've been thinking about that. I've poured myself into this place, but this place and this community has filled me up. 
So it's not about it's not about that thing that Hendry said because there's rumors that Hendry said some shit and it irked you and then you were pissed off and you were like, oh man, I can't take people like Hendry anymore. And I'm so out. I've I've heard some crazy rumors. People were like, oh, he's so stressed out. Him and his wife are going to get a divorce, and that's why he's leaving. Like like there's been all this stuff that's going on. Like, like that's nothing. There's nothing like that. My wife is 100 supportive of me, um, and in deciding to go a different direction. I've also talked with Mrs. Grant about like. You know, she's like, is it you're done with Highlander or is it you're done like you want to do something different? You're done with education. I'm like, I will never be done with Highlander. Highlander is something that is a part of me and that I feel like I'm a part of. Being a high school principal is not something that I am looking at doing again in the immediate future. Before I go to Darwin and then rotate clockwise, um, I want to ask you and I want to ask the students. What has what has the word been like around here? What what have I mean, he just said there's rumors about him and his wife. Like people make things up. People speculate when things like this happen. Did you guys hear stuff or people? What are how do people feel about this announcement? Has anybody how do you guys can anybody speak to that? Tell, talk about the streets. Henry, good. can go around telling everybody's not all oh, the basketball team, but this is like whatever happened that's between all of us. Like people don't need to know what happened. Like, but they might take a certain game and twist it around. Or they try to make they try to make one of my teammates, one of the players, look bad. They try to make it seem like they're a complete able. And I try to make it seem like Willard didn't do his part, didn't do his job. Well, the situation, and he didn't want to be too direct, and I appreciate that about the situation, but is there a situation around the basketball team that was a contributing factor to your exit? Never. Um, like I've said it before, um, my goal, and it's actually at the end of my letter, it's like, uh, it says that I, I want to stay connected to Highlander at the very least through coaching the basketball team, um, but hopefully through a more extensive collaboration. Um, I mentioned it last week or earlier this week on Monday too. Highlander basketball is something that I kind of created. Ms. Grant tasked me with creating our high school basketball program when we became a high school. I was coaching somewhere else and had actually resigned from my position. I was coaching um, the girls varsity team at Mount Pleasant. My son had started playing travel ball and I was just going to coach him. And she said, hey, I let you, Ms. Grant said, I let you go coach at LaSalle for the JV team at Mount Pleasant for the last, last two years for the girls varsity team. We have a high school now. We need high school sports. Uh, you are the person on staff that can that can do this. So I need you to do this for me. And I did it for her. So it sounds like contrary to the rumor, it sounds like basketball was, if not the, one of the hardest parts of your resignation. Yeah, I mean, basketball is something that's been a part of my life since I was three years old. So funny story, I, I, I used to love my pacifier when I was a baby. And my uh, my parents took me to a basketball game, a college basketball game at the University of Vermont. I was like, I don't know, two and a half, three years old, whatever I was. And I sat down. They started the players came out, started warming up. The pacifier fell out of my mouth and that was it. Never. I never even thought about it. Any time before that, they would take it out. They take the pacifier out. I would scream. I would cry, whatever. But once I saw basketball, it was like it was it. Six foot three, baby Willard, six foot three, baby Willard. <laughs> was out there. If you don't know, for our audience at home, Mr. Willard is a tall, tall man. I'm known as a tall man. Mr. Willard is, I'm average tall. Mr. Willard is tall, tall. Yonhel, what did you want to add to that bit before I go to Darwin? Um, so I've been giving it some thought. And like, I think like three weeks ago, I made a joke about how I was going to get like 50 assists for a game. And you said, um, 
I wonder if the next coach will like that. <laughs> Were you thinking about it for that long? I've known about this. Um, yeah, the decision, I've been meeting with Mrs. Grant about this for probably the past five or six weeks. Um, just to kind of, she's a mentor of mine. Some of you guys know uh, when I was in high school, Mrs. Grant was one of my teachers. Um, and she is uh, one of the greatest educators that I've ever worked with and that I've ever known. Um, I've got a lot of respect for her and anything that I kind of go through, I bring to her, especially if it deals with education. Um, so I've been talking to her a lot about this. It's been something that's kind of in the back of my mind. Um, and just to reiterate, like, like basketball has always been my busiest time of the year, because in addition to being a high school principal, um, I'm the basketball coach, right? Most places you can't do that. Before I became the high school principal, I said, I need to, I'll take, I want to do this but I still want to be able to coach the basketball team. So that's like one of my non-negotiables, right? I still need to be able to do those things. I'm going to need people to pick me up during that time. Um, basketball is always one of those things where it gave me like that two, three hours a day of just peace of like mental wellness and mental health, where I could just focus on being in the gym and doing something um, that I know kids love and that, uh, that I love to teach. Um, so it's always kind of been, one of those things that got me through some of the hard parts of, uh, of being a principal, of being a school administrator. Thank you, sir. Uh, Cal. Um, are you like willing to do anything else for other than being a basketball coach the next year? Yeah, um, I mean, th those are more discussions that Mrs. Grant and I still have to have. Like, what does that look like? Um, but also like, I have a family, you know, like I have a family to support. And um, like some people said, oh, why don't you just be a coach? <laughs> like, you, you know, I can't support a family of four, mortgage payment, car payments, you know, uh, on, a, on a basketball coach, high school basketball coach's salary. While I love basketball, I don't know that I want to do it on the level of like a division one college basketball coach where you make enough money to sustain your family. Because there's a lot more to it than just basketball at that point. Um, I don't want this show to hold this whole show to turn into basketball because at my, at my heart, I'm an educator. At my heart, I like working with youth. I like working with programs like Mr. Roberta, like Steambox, um, and bringing those, those programs to schools when schools might not necessarily have the resources or the ability for their teachers to run them on their own. Can you leave a note for somebody that says Steambox stays? I don't <laughs> care what you do at Highlander, but Steambox stays and get them a damn table. I will definitely... Um, make it known how important um, I feel like this program is and how much I feel like our students uh, benefit from uh, this program. Appreciate that. Uh, Jay. Um, what kind of job are you looking for? Jay, louder, please. Yeah, much, say, much louder. Say that louder because I know I wouldn't be able to hear when I listen to the podcast. Um, what kind of job are you looking for now? So the question was, what kind of job am I looking for? What kind of career? Um, and that's a really good question. I've been involved in education since I was 15 years old. It's all I've ever done outside of like working at a grocery store as a cash register, uh, like a checkout person. Um, I never worked. I've, I've been in education my whole life. So it's weird because I don't 100% know what's next. It's exciting and it's scary. Some of the things that I know I want to do is I want to work um, with youth. I want to work with young people. Um, that's something that I've always enjoyed. Um, I was a kindergarten and second grade teacher for 15 years before I became a high school principal. Uh, it's what I've done for my whole life. And it's something that I want to do. 
Um, I'm thinking about checking, checking out like the nonprofit sector. Like, are there local nonprofits that could use some of the skills and the, um, the assets that I bring <coughs> to them to build their, that, that up? But I also want to be involved in schools. Like, I think it's important. I think schools, um, we talk about changing education to make it more relevant. I think, I think the education system needs to be flipped upside down. And I think some of that has to be like involved in making schools a little bit smaller and being able to get in uh, community members and community services that aren't necessarily the expertise of schools. Fabian, what do you got? Fabian's question was, uh, do you, it's Grant, right? Ms. Grant, yep. Ms. Grant. And you, you have a close relationship with Ms. Grant. I do. So uh, that sound, sounds like a very positive relationship. And with you exiting, uh, I'm wondering on a scale of one to 10, how, how well do you feel like Ms. Grant gave you the tools that you needed to succeed at your position? Um, that was, that yeah. was Fabian's question. Thank you very much, Fabian, for the question. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I've been, I've given, I've been given a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, I was, um, I've, I've been, received a lot of professional development, I, I'm currently in the, um, it's called RIAS, Rhode Island School Principals Association, where I'm getting some mentoring from uh, Dr. DiBiase at Mount Hope High School, meet with her. Um, I've gone through leadership training. I've gone through leadership programs. There's one called NISL, the National Institute for School Leadership. Um, so yeah, I've been given a lot of support. I've, I've worked with coaches. I've been given mentors. Um, I can't thank Dr. Blanco enough. Um, she was the former middle school principal um, and a former colleague of mine as a teacher. Um, and she mentored me and worked with me quite a bit. And I also had a um, consultant my very first year um, through Delta Consultants, um, uh, Ms. Ms. Yaffa Davies, uh, who, who worked with me quite a bit. So I've been, I've been given a lot of support for sure. Okay, uh, next question. Um, after all the years working at Highlander, what fulfilled you as your role in being principal? Okay. You guys, um, so good kids, question. What what has fulfilled me as being being a principal? Like, what do I love about it? Um, I always said like, I don't think I would be a high school principal or a principal at any other school except Highlander. Uh, I've developed a lot of really positive relationships. I know kids. It's also the type of place with small enough where I can I can budget my time to be with kids to work with students. You know, I recently started the principal advisory council where I meet with students once a month to talk about things that are going on in school. I'm able to coach the basketball team. Uh, I'm able to be at lunch duties all the time. I'm able to like be in the hallways. It's interactions with kids and families. Um, having being able to be hands-on with students has been kind of what's fulfilled me. That's, that's what I'm like, if I'm not, if I'm not here in some capacity in some way next year, like that's what I, I, that's surreal to me. Not being able to see Gigi in the hallways and getting a fist bump or a hug at the end of the day. Not being able to, uh, you know, bust on Kaishan about about his haircut or, uh, you know, talking about, uh, talking to Darwin. Damn, Kaishan called um, But, you know, the group text, hopefully with MIFTA will keep going on and we can talk about like, you know, how Kyrie is, uh, gets locked up. Hold on, hold on, Mr. Willard. We're going to find out if Jason Tatum is better than Kyrie, because one of those KD. guys is going to, uh, I'm sorry, KD. One of those guys, in four games. one of those guys is going to perform really well in the playoffs. I mean, maybe they both perform. We'll see how they, oh, anyway, anyway, oh KD's anyway. at home. I don't want K basketball to sidetrack. KD's at home. I'm sorry. I didn't, I, you, you made your point. I'm with you. Who's the next question? Uh, nice and loud, please. 
So for mindset, uh, my mindset's always to be positive. Uh, I try to be positive as much as I can. And I think, you know, that's actually one of the determining factors. You guys saw I, my my facial expressions and my body language introduced me. I always have a saying like your, your, your energy introduces yourself before you ever say a word. Some of you guys saw my energy earlier this year and it wasn't necessarily good. And I own that. And, um, you know, like I... I have a hard time hiding how I feel. I wear it on my face sometimes. And for whatever reasons, you know, I was the parts of the job of being a principal that I don't love were like taking over my, were taking over my energy. So I'm, I'm really going into this and like, as from a standpoint of just really trying to be positive and see like, how can I help? Um, that's, I, I think I'm a, I'm a person who likes to help um, and likes to kind of like, be a part of a solution. So that's what I'm really looking to do. I'm really looking to like find a place where I can be part of their mission, their vision, their solution, what they're trying to accomplish. A moment ago, when you were talking about, when you were talking about your takeaways and the, um, what was, what was the word that you used in your question? Fulfill. Fulfillment, right? You talked about the direct work with the youth. I'm wondering if as principal, if as principal, do you feel like that took you one step too far away from the students? I think in a sense, yeah, in a sense, yes, kind of. But I think, you know, here at Highlander, I had opportunities to work directly with students where you might not have that opportunity in bigger schools. I know other principals that don't have to do it, you know, that don't or don't have that opportunity. So, I mean, yeah, work like it's a step back for sure, because I also have to dedicate a lot of my time to working with staff and with teachers and with, you know, other administrators. Um, but is that less fun than working with students? Um, I don't want to say it's less fun. It's different for sure. Um, you know, I don't. I, I. All right. Hot question. Hot question. Yeah. Hot question. The students in this building receptive to you, at least being able to work with you on a scale of one to ten. Uh, one looking like Fabian looks right now, very sleepy, probably for his own very good reasons. 10, uh, being super attentive and listening and ready to adapt and change and work with you on a scale of one to 10, the students here in this building, do you feel like they were receptive to you? So, I mean, I think that's here. Yeah. Yes. And no, like our product as an educator, as someone who works with people, your product is human and you can't always control it. Right. So like, while a few people over here might be really receptive and might be really open to it, some people over here might not be or, or vice versa, you know? And I think like, I know what the next question is going to be, rate the staff and how receptive are they? Right? Oh man, damn It's going to be like some yes and some no, but that's people and that's day to day. But I it was not a time. yes or no question, Mr. Willard. I'm not, so a... I'm talking around your question <laughs> and I'm not trying to be political, but I think it's mixed. It's here and there, you know? Like, All right. So the, the students, yes and no, M more yes than no. <laughs> You're pushing me in a direction that I'm not necessarily comfortable answering right now. Okay. All right. So, so just to acknowledge it and you don't, you don't, you don't feel comfortable answering and that's okay, but just to acknowledge it. That next question was on a scale of one to 10, do you feel like the staff was receptive to you on a, on a one to 10? And you don't have to answer that, but I'm just going to leave that and let you do yeah. what you do. So I will say that for the most part, yes. Uh, for the most part, most, yeah, most of them were receptive to working with me. Um, I think one thing that I learned about myself is that I am um, at times 
and I, I don't want to hurt my, my my future employment opportunities, but I've learned about myself is that like I think I'm a better, I'm a more effective leader and teacher, and I'm more confident when I'm working with youth than I am with adults in some cases. And I don't know if it's because of the way, um, if it's my self-confidence or if it's uh, the way I present things and teach things, or if it's the way that the messages I have are received. But um, I feel, that's how I kind of, one of the, the reflections I have about myself is that I'm, I am more effective working with youth than I am with adults in some cases. Can I, can I be very open with you? I'm gonna be very open. This is a very super serious matter. This is something super serious that happened that I was part of, you guys okay with this? Uh, there's all kinds of trigger warnings here, to be honest, and trigger warning for our audience at home. Um, almost 20 years ago, I was working in a school in Providence, and uh, the, the last time I'd left the building before February vacation, there was a girl reporting rape to the school squad officer. And when I returned back to the building from February vacation, there was a different girl reporting rape to the school squad officer. And um, I, you know, I started asking questions and there's a lot of questions that, th imagine this happening in the school, right? Like we're talking the hard R, we're talking rape. And you're asking questions. And what I found was in that school and in that system, asking those questions brings trouble for you. To say things like that, to say, hey, we might have a problem with people are getting raped in our school. That opens a door that a lot of people don't wanna to touch. A lot of people don't want parents thinking about that. A lot of people want that swept under the rug. So me asking those questions, me asking those questions put my whole career at risk. And I thought, okay, because somebody said that. Somebody said, hey, you're, you're gonna lose your job and nothing's gonna change in the school, et cetera. And I said, it's, it's better to burn some bridges and then build new bridges than to let what I'm seeing keep actually happening. So those are the decisions that I had to make. Um, so I hear you, I, I hear you. And I know that nothing like that, there's no rumor of anything like that happening in the yeah. building under your watch. I just want to make that, I just want to make that very clear. There's not, there's not even rumors of stuff like that happening in the building. Uh, but I also, I also want to say uh, as, as somebody who's one of your partners in the community, that as you move forward, uh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to build new bridges because some of the bridges just need to burn down. And I don't feel like that's necessarily the case here. Certainly not the R word and other things like that. But um, yeah, I, I, mean, I hear your reservation. I appreciate and respect your reservation, but I also want to encourage you to, to be ready sometimes to build new bridges. 100%, like this decision does not, my decision, it's my decision. Ms. Grant didn't ask me to step down. School board didn't ask me to step down. Students didn't like rebel against me. This is my decision. I wrote in my letter. It's like, this does not reflect poorly on the direction that our high school is moving. I, I feel like the high school is poised to make the right steps to, to get our students what they need. But this decision is about meeting my personal needs and my the needs of my family uh, and what I kind of need to do. It's, this is more about me. I appreciate that. I took a long way circling back to Darwin. Uh, I saw you making a note and I didn't realize that that was your note where you were going back over your resignation letter. I thought your note was going to be the time and be like, don't be talking about rape. No, on my, no. Don't be talking about rape on my podcast. You better edit that out. Uh, Darwin, what's your question? Um, you've been saying uh, that there's parts about being a principal that you do like, 
but never you haven't said what parts you don't like of being principal at Highland and charter school and go yeah, and um, it's so the parts that I don't like, um, it's hard to say, and you asked me this during lunch yesterday as well, um, but like this is, I don't, I don't know how to articulate this without potentially hurting someone's feelings, like, or, or someone perceiving this the wrong way, right? So I don't know that I can fully answer that question, um, but what I can say is that the parts that I love, the parts of like being around kids, being working directly with families, bringing programming in, like bringing in Katie Brown uh, Education Project, uh, bringing in the GAM Theater Project, working on the Global Service Learning Project, getting kids over to Ireland to study for free. Um, I spend a lot of time on those, right? And it takes a lot of my workday because that's when I can meet with the people needed to do those things. It doesn't, it pushes the other stuff to, for me to do after work hours. And I end up bringing that home and I end up working more hours than I should because I want to do this other stuff that I love so much, right? So it just, it makes, it, it didn't, I haven't in four years, this is my fourth year doing it. I haven't been able to find that balance. The first one to comment on our podcasts is Mr. Willard. Mr. Willard listens to these podcasts um, and he does follow through. And one of the words, before I get to Cam and Denzel and then send it over to Kai, uh, one of the things, one of the things that I immediately felt when I came here, and it's because at one of the other schools that I work with a lot, I felt like we were going in the opposite direction. We were going downward with the sense of community. That other school had a big sense of community when I joined, and I felt like there was much, much less. And when I came here, it felt refreshing. I felt like, oh, this is what I was missing. This is why I hurt when I walk into that other building, because here is somewhere when Isaiah of this podcast talk about talks about uh, wanting to build his rap career. This is where I learned that my friend and community partner Chachi was developing stuff here. This is where I learned that uh, Elijah from Youth Build is here in the building. And uh, there was a great student who I met, uh, a young woman who I met a couple of weeks ago uh, in, in the Katie Brown project, uh, in the Katie Brown educational program. Uh, event and i was like oh man this person would be dope for the podcast but she's doing debate and it makes sense that she's doing debate because she's so dope but there's all of this there's all of these community partners that's an amazing thing that you were able to build here so i know they help <laughs> with you, help the team here yeah for sure and janine's uh genie 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 uh d'agostino she's she's been amazing uh and and i get that sense of team and i really get that sense of community because I'm asking you questions, trying to get the dirt and the yep. tea about the negative. Uh, and some of the other people are too. We want to know what went yeah, down. Yeah, that sells, right? <laughs> but I appreciate, I appreciate you sticking to the pod. Like we still want to know exactly what's yep. going down. We want to know everything that's bothering you, but I appreciate you sticking to the positive. And I want the world at home to know. I want the world at home to know that there is a lot of positive and Mr. Willard has built a lot of really great things here. Uh, what do you, you want to add? Go ahead. So, on top of the question is, what has been the biggest takeaway as a principal, coach, and a father? And from my off topic is- Hold on, hold on. Let's stick with that one for now. Can we, can we do that? My, my biggest takeaway, um, I think, I mean, there's a lot. It's a lot about love and relationships. It, it's, it's, I've always known that to be an effective educator, uh, to be an effective 
I'm just human being. It's about relationships, right? Um, you have to have relationships. You have to treat people the right way. You have to be able to communicate and you have to like be able to stick together. Um, the other thing that has been a huge takeaway for me is perspective. Um, I grew up in Barrington, right? <laughs> there was one black kid in my high school in the four years that I went there. Um, and I, I didn't have necessarily a lot of perspective about other cultures and um, people say what they want about Barrington. It's a white collar town, right? It's like, but I didn't necessarily grow up that way. Both my parents worked. Um, we weren't, we weren't hurting for anything for sure, but like, I didn't get new shoes all the time. I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't like the country club kid or anything like that. But um, I went to Chicago for college and it, my eyes were wide open. Like I felt like for the first 17 years of my life, my eyes were wide shut. I, I woke up in Chicago and my roommate was this kid Mookie. Uh, from the South Side, one of my basketball teammates. I swear to God, man. This sounds like I, a Joe I, Biden I, I story. I swear to this God. Sounds like a, my, I woke up. I got Mookie. I, I, swear, I swear to God, Mookie. He actually didn't last past the first year because he was selling back books that he did not, weren't his. Um, but he... Um, you can get in trouble for that? I'm yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. But, uh, but like I woke up and he was there moving in with his dad and my parents actually had to leave that, that same night that they dropped me off. Um, and it was just a whole new world to me. It was like, boom, I'm in Chicago. Cultural melting pot is. I'm just, I'm in Chicago now from Barrington, Rhode Island. And it's like the cultural melting pot of the world. There's there's every culture you can imagine. I mean, I'm ordering Indian food, which I've never had before at three o'clock in the morning. And, you know, like it was, and then being able to then work in Chicago and then being able to work in a suburb of Chicago and then being able to come back here to Highlander and really get to know kids and where they come from, families. So, you know, at the lower school, we always did home visits and being welcomed into homes and getting to know people and where kids really come from. It's just giving me a ton of perspective. Um, and that's probably one of my biggest takeaways. What's been your biggest takeaway here? Um, maturity. And For you personally? Yeah. Gaining maturity? Gaining maturity and Thank you. What's your second half of the question? Oh, my off topic? Yeah. We know the answer to that question, Hendry. Hendry wants the 1v1. Mr. Willard says that you know the answer to the question, but Steambox and our audience do not know the answer to that question. Yeah. Yeah, what's, the, what's the answer to that question? What question? When, he, when, when can he 1v1? When can he, when he, when he, when can he get a one-on-one? -on -one? When he averages, when he averages more points than airballs. Henry is one of the hardest working kids that practice all the time. But yo, you gotta beat somebody before you get to my level. <laughs> okay. All right, back to it. Back to it. I, I thought you said Kaishan had a question or some people before. You gotta make Kaishan. You gotta make uh, Henry's dream come true. Um, we we are going Cam. Louder, please. Was, what your best, like, My best memory at Highlander? Oh, man. Like, as a principal, are you talking about, or at, like, the lower schools? In general? So, man, 15 years of memories. That's a lot, right? So some of my best memories as a teacher. Remember I used to do the second grade camping trip? 
Myself, Mr. Rubin, or Ms. Solomon, when, when Ms. Rubin left, we would take 36 kids and their parents overnight tent camping in Connecticut. Those are some of my best memories. Um, some of my best memories as coach, uh, probably winning that, that first um, Interscholastic League championship. I had worked with those guys for since their sophomore year, and we stayed together. Uh, their senior year, we won our first championship. Um, that's one of my favorite as a, as a coach. Um, I, like just so many from coaching though, cause I'm so connected to that and just like bus rides and open gyms. But then also um, as a principal, I remember right before COVID um, I was able to like, I was able to hear students quite a bit about, yo, the, everybody always focuses on what kids are doing wrong. And we never talk about it. We never recognize the kids who are doing the right thing. So I randomly picked like a six week period and I tracked, um, I tracked like attendance and write-ups or something like that. And any kid that had like less than three absences and less than two write-ups, I just, we just threw this huge potluck for them. And I still got pictures of it. Um, Myth, you know, Akbar, some of you guys know Akbar from alum, alumni. He was part of it. Um, just, just all those kids, they had no idea what was coming. And we just called them all down one afternoon and we just had this huge party for them. It was just something like where I could kind of give back and show that, hey, I do hear you guys. I do hear what you're looking for. And I definitely want to like make sure we recognize that. We have a lot of students in this room. Uh, forgive me. I'm going to start to pick up the pace just a little bit. But while you're talking about memories and go down memory lane, uh, you were hired for this position. You were given a job description, probably, uh, and expectations. But over those years, can you tell me two ways Two ways that your job has changed. I mean, COVID. I mean, schools have become vaccination clinics. Food have become schools have become like food distribution places, uh, food pantries. Um, we have become like you know you're doing physical like medical screenings for kids every single day. We're reporting things to the state, doing contact tracing. That's been one of the hugest things. Um, have you done with that? I think we're doing a really good job. I think, you know, we have a small enough community where we can effectively do that. But, you know, we've held vaccination clinics, we've held, you know, food drives, we've distributed food all throughout COVID. Even when we were full shutdown in a pandemic, we would get food delivered and we would pass out food going outside in masks with like food and coolers and stuff for families to pick up. All right, um, uh, give me one more. A way that it's it's changed, the way that my job has changed. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily changed because it's always been about kind of data, um, but I think the reliance on data to like show that schools are effective has been so amplified. Um, there's so many, I'm reading a book right now called Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's, a, it's a, a really amazing book. And they talk about one of the things to like get a positive habit going is to collect data on how many times you do it to like track it. But then it talks about what data are you collecting? Like if you're wearing your Fitbit and you're trying to get 10,000 steps in, but you're sitting at your desk doing this so you can track that number, you're not doing nothing really. You're not doing anything. But what are those soft skills that don't necessarily equate to data that know it's making a difference? There's times when I'm in the hallway talking to kids uh, or at lunch, like I can't track that, how that's building positivity or building culture with data, but it is. Yeah. So like, you have to have that data, but we have to figure out a way to, to track that soft skill data, I guess. I'm, I'm trying to muzzle myself because I have like 10 follow-up questions, but this is this is Denzel pod, Denzel's podcast, not mine. Denzel, what's your question? Do you want to be principal or 
Did I want to be principal? Did you even want to be principal in the first place? Um, so I had taught. Um, because I remember before you principal, they had you teach a pre-K. I taught kindergarten. Oh, so I graduated. I taught. I got hired as a second grade teacher. Um, taught for eight years. Moved home. Got hired at Highlander as a second grade teacher. Did that for four or five years and was like, I need a change. Uh, talk, Mrs. Grant was, I was like, Miss Grant, I think I'm done. She's like, hey, we're gonna have an opening, maybe another grade level. Check out kindergarten. She gave me a day off. I, I sat in kindergarten, did kindergarten for four years. I'm like, I need a change. I don't know if I'm feeling this. Um, at that time, some of you guys might remember Miss Keeles. Uh, Miss Keeles, she was leaving her position here as Highlander, Dean of Cult as Dean of Culture and Students to become a principal somewhere else. And I went to talk to Ms. Grant about her position. And when I talked to her about that position, it kind of morphed into a position. I had my degree, my certification to be a high school principal. She was like, we need to expand our admin team. You know, how, how would you feel about potentially considering being a high school principal? And I was like, well, that's a big difference. Um, but I did study to do that. And it's something I'd always aspired to do. And I knew it was kind of like a now or never thing. So I consulted with my family, my friends, my my professional people I trust and mentors. And I was like, you know what? It's now or never. So I'm going to give this a shot. And I jumped in. Um, and yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I did want to do it. I, I didn't have to say, they weren't like, be the principal or you're not going to be a Highlander anymore. You know, it was, it was, a, it was an offer that was presented to me. That was interesting. There was the origin story. And I felt like I couldn't, I still couldn't see the yes or no. Yeah. You gave us the yes. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there. Kai. What's the hardest thing about resigning as a principal? You guys, um, not knowing what's next. Um, so you're telling the, the world, our audience, this high school principal, which many people will consider a position of prestige, you are stepping down from this position of prestige and you don't know what's next? I, I don't have a job lined up. I haven't, like, I, there's not another school that I'm, like, going to. Um, I know, like I said, this is about me. I have to be myself. I know there's parts of this job that are me, but I also know there's other parts that aren't and that I need to be myself and find something that's fully me. I know not only do I owe that to myself, but I think the school needs someone, a principal who is a hundred percent about every aspect of the job. Thank you. Uh, good question. Mifta. Uh, how does your family feel about your decision? Uh, they're supportive. I mean, you guys see me, and like I said, I don't hide my feelings well. Um, and you see me if I'm, if I'm, you know, when I'm positive, when I'm up, when I'm down. Um, but they see me at a whole different level. They see me at nights and on the weekends. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, there's days where I've been, I've had a bad day at Highlander, or there's parts that are stressing me out. As a leader of the school, I feel like I, I'm responsible. So when I see um, a student who isn't getting what they need per se, or, or hasn't, I feel like we could do more for, but we just aren't able to. I take that personally and I internalize that. And then there's also times where it's just like, I had a bad day because things didn't work out. You know, things didn't, we didn't, I didn't see eye to eye with a student or with a, with a teacher or with another administrator. And I'll go home and I'm like, I was a jerk to my wife or a jerk to my kids. And I get up and lay in bed and I'm like, I was just a jerk to my wife and my kids for nothing that they did because I had a bad day at work. This is not I, the first I can't time. turn it off sometimes. This, this is not the first time that you mentioned that. This is not the first time that you mentioned uh, one of the hazards of this job is taking some of it home. Mm -hmm. 
Um, next. Um, if there was anything that you could like magically change about being a principal, like over the last four years. Change COVID not happening. <laughs> I mean, things were trending in such a positive direction, I feel like. Um, before COVID, I thought a lot of stuff was moving in the right direction. Obviously, everybody, I don't want to use that as a, as a scapegoat. Everybody in the world had decided to deal with this. So I'm not saying like that's the reason why it made me stop being a, not want to be a principal. Um, but I think that it's changed a lot of things. It's added a, more, a lot more responsibilities on schools. Um, and it's taken away from some of the time that I get to do what I love. So that'd be the one thing I changed for sure. I'm going to throw it out there again. And with all respect, so you can, you can swim around it if you want. Uh, but as an outside observer and as one of your partners, I can't help but wonder. All right, I got it. I got it. Can I change? Can I, can I go ahead? Pre-swimming? I, I think that schools need to have two uh, like administrative leaders, principals. They need to have like a principal of students, but then they also need to have like a principal of, of like teachers and evaluations and staff and all that sort of thing. So it's like, like one person and those two people have to work very closely together. But I think that one person, like there's so much of going on with like finding sub coverages and doing evaluations and reports back to the state. But then there's so much other stuff with like student programming and uh, all that. I think there needs to be a, like a multi-headed job. That's a, that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting response. And that was actually one of my questions was about what kind of things do you think can be improved after you leave for something like your position? Uh, Elijah, go ahead. Well, you said that you don't have another job lined up. So I was curious, what are you going to do for like the next few months? Are you going to like go on vacation? Are you going to travel? Are you going to spend time with your family? Like what do you plan on doing? So my contract goes here at school through July, through the end of July. So I'm the high school principal through the end of July, right? So I plan on being here. I plan on being fully present and giving everything I have to my job. That's who I am as a person. Like I left my last school district in, in Lincolnwood, Illinois with like a hundred something sick days. I could have taken a year off and, and just said I was sick or whatever and re like got paid for doing nothing, but that's not who I am. It's not what I do. Very quickly. So uh, you said- uh, Quicker. July. So that means the school doesn't end in July. I mean, in June, you're officially the ex-principal. Right? No, so I'm the principal through July, through June. It's like, they might hire somebody else, you know, and, and that's fine. And I'll work with that person, you know, and I'll help that person out, whatever. We'll, we'll work together, catch them up to speed. But no, there's a lot of work. I don't just stop working with the last day of school. I work all summer. The podcast can't record your answer on this. So blink once if you want us to beat up the next person. <laughs> oh, there's a blink. I saw a blink. Uh, I saw, Jan Hell, what was your question? Oh, uh, Henry, stay with us. So uh, there's going to be like some playoff games on the weekend. I mean, I'm going to go some six games together <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> you buy the tickets, I'll drive. Uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, we talked, I talked earlier about... Uh, <laughs> As an outside observer, I talked earlier about seeing some of your accomplishments, and it's it's real easy for me because I'm an outside partner. But seeing that the outside partners were able to come in and share share wealth and knowledge with uh, your student body, so I can see your accomplishments. Do you feel like your school community recognized your accomplishments? I think so. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's so. It's hard to say though, because like I, I know I think I always. 
I, I never like to, I, I don't, I, sometimes I don't give my, sometimes I'm my own worst critic and I don't give myself enough credit. I've seen but that like, too. I, there's nothing that one person does at a school, right? It's always like everything's done collaboratively. So like bringing in Steambox, I wouldn't have known much about it if I didn't have Jeannie. Jeannie didn't talk to me about you. You know, doing the global service learning thing, if I didn't meet with, you know, outside agencies, I wouldn't have known about it. So, um, you know, developing some of the programs we've developed, I couldn't have done that without support from teachers. Um, you know, like, it, it's hard to say, like, I, I think, yes, people recognize a lot of it. Yeah. But uh, I also think that there's more than just one person that needs to be recognized. For our audience at home, uh, uh, and a, a principal of Highlander Charter School, who I just acknowledged there, uh, their strengths, their accomplishments. Uh, where can people find you specifically? Can we talk about your LinkedIn? Can you tell us about your LinkedIn so that our audience at home could say, oh, this dude sounds dope. We want Mike Willard with us. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm on social media. I actually have a social media policy for my basketball players that I was encouraged to get rid of when I became an administrator. But um, uh, most of these kids have me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Mike Willard 35. Uh, and I'm on LinkedIn too, Mike Willard, but um, you know, I'm open, hit me up, follow me, whatever. And uh, I love connecting with everybody. Mr. Willard, you were seen. Thank you for your service at Highlander Charter School. Highlander Charter Schools, please say peace out.